God bless you this morning. This is George Carabayle, the pastor of Vive Houston. Hope you're doing well this morning. Um, if you're watching from your living room, your bedroom, maybe you're in the restroom. I don't know where you're at. It's okay. You're at home online. You can share this video. Can you politely, we politely ask you to share this video right now. Do it. Uh, like it. Give me some hearts. Give me some little care emojis. Show me the avatar that you made. Uh, man, take a selfie, put it in there. Hey, I'm right here. We're eating some Cheerios, eating some Fruit Loops. Um, we just, man, my wife made an omelet or something. Hey, you know, go ahead and um, like it, share it, show us some love. And as God speaks to you throughout the service, give some amens, hallelujahs, glory to God, a fire. Man, preach it, pastor, keep it up. Um, you look good um, as well. So God bless you this morning. Today is Pentecost Sunday. And if you're not aware what Pentecost is, today I want to share with you a little bit about what Pentecost is as Christians all over the world, not just Pentecostal churches, that celebrate the day of Pentecost, which is the day that the Holy Spirit poured out and baptized the believers in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. So this is a day of celebration where we commemorate that the, the fact that, that, that the Holy Spirit is with us and he has never left us. He's here on earth with us. The Bible describes the Holy Spirit as a counselor and the reality is after this week and after the last two months we've needed a counselor and more than ever before we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need him working and walking with us and talking to us in every moment of the day. We need his presence, a supernatural encounter with God uh, right now more than ever before. Um, after the events of this week, if you've been living under a rock, um, you probably have not heard about what's happened this week. But this week, we, we witnessed um, the sad story of George Lloyd, a fellow Houstonian um, that, that was from Houston. He actually helped at a church plant um, years ago. Um, he was living in Minneapolis now, and he was killed brutally um, um, by a police officer officer and it's so sad and at the result of that there's been protests and sometimes violent um, things that have come out a, 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 a part of that because people are hurting and and I want to say this here our church we we hurt with those who hurt we we mourn with those who mourn and our African American brothers and sisters our black brothers and sisters all across the nation today are, are might be hurting right now and so we pray that the same counselor of the Holy Spirit that, that is promised to us will be with them right now to counsel them and to be with them and to comfort them. The Bible says he's the comforter and I believe that the comforter has come and he's with us today. And if you believe that, why don't you just say an amen that he is with us right now. And all those who are hurting, whether it's a law enforcement, whether it's a black person, whether it's a Latino, whether you're poor, whether you're rich, and all the people that have been suffering through this coronavirus, maybe you've been going through financial breakdown the last couple months, you've lost job, the counselor, the Holy Spirit is here. You have to get excited about that. You got to get emotional about that because the spirit of God is, is ever present more now than ever before. He's with us today. 
he's here. Today, we need Pentecost. Pentecost is just more than a style of worship or of church. Um, it's, it's many times the word Pentecost or Pentecostal has been, has been hijacked by a lot of other people to describe uh, a type of music or a type of service. But in reality, we have to get into the roots of what Pentecost is. What happened on the day of Pentecost? What can we emulate? What does it mean to us? Um, Acts chapter 2, if you have the Bibles, Acts chapter 2. We're starting verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated them as the Spirit enabled them. Then, then all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you believe that? And, and, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews uh, from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in a bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, um, they asked, uh, aren't these all who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us hears them in our own language? The, the verse 8, then it says, then how is it that, um, that each of us hears it in our own language? Verse 9, Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Furia and, and Pamphylia, um, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome. Both Jews and converts to Jerusalem, um, er Cretans and Arabs, we hear them proclaiming, declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? And perhaps that's the exact question maybe you're asking right now yourself. What does this all mean? What is Pentecost? What is it going on? This is the time where, man, I get scared. I'm like, man, what is all this about? Um, maybe you're, you're not from a Pentecostal background, and some of you ask that exact same question, what does this mean? Um, I want to bring some clarity. I want to help um, govern or help um, um, help uh, get people through this and understanding what, pe what Pentecost is, truly is. It was this day of Pentecost, and today I want to share um, this message, this entitled, uh, We Need Pentecost. We need Pentecost. We need it now more than ever before, and it was on this day that 120 people were in an upper room. They, they were there waiting for the promise that God had gave them. The word Pentecost literally means 50. Uh, because it's 50 words. Um, you, you take that word penta, you take that first part of the word Pentecost, that means five, that refers to five. So a, a pentagon, like the pentagon is five-sided shape. Uh, a pentagram is a, is a five-point star. Um, the Pentateuch, um, it refers to the five, first five books of the Bible. So that, that word Pentecost refers to 50. And so because it emulates 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, we 
we know, um, studying scripture, that Jesus was resurrected three days after Good Friday, and he he resurrected, and then for 40 days and 40 nights, he spent time with his disciples, and there was a period of 500 witnesses that saw Jesus walk on this earth during that time. After the 40 days and 40 nights, he, 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 he ascended into heaven, and he said, and Acts chapter 1, the chapter before this, he says, wait here until you receive the gift my Father has promised. And he says, but when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you receive power, you will receive power to be my witnesses in all Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So he tells them to wait. And so there's 10 days later, 40 days that Jesus was on earth, and in 10 days have passed. These people are seeking God. They're looking for him. They're looking and expecting something. Can I tell you, an attitude of expectancy will lead you to receive the power of the Spirit. An attitude of expectancy. Can we believe for an attitude of expectancy today that we will, can expect miracles to happen? We can expect healings to happen. We can expect vision and prophecy to happen. Even today, we have to believe and expect that God can move. Now more than ever before, we need this experience of Pentecost. We can't recreate what was happening before. But what we can do is experience it in our own way today in this day. Can I tell you four things about Pentecost today? Number one, Pentecost is about persistence. It's about persistence. It's about seeking after God. The Bible tells us that there was 500, Paul describes 500 witnesses saw Jesus. As many as 500. But then over this period of time, um, now you only find 120 that are in the upper room. I don't know what happened here. I don't know where, how it diluted. Maybe people went to different places. But we only see from 500 to 120. And these 120 have come down, and they're persistent, and they're seeking God in this upper room, praying and fasting. I pray to God that we're not like the rest of the 500, that, that we can be a church of the 120, of the smaller remainder, the remnant that will seek after the face of God. When was the last time you prayed and sought the Lord and fasted for God for 10 days? Because this is what happens. It's this attitude of expectancy. And they were persistent, seeking after God. They, they didn't want, I, I imagine other people each day getting weary and getting tired and, and the rest of the disciples are there saying, wait, wait. He said, wait, do not leave Jerusalem. Don't go home yet until you receive the gift. Can I tell you, and I challenge the church today to be persistent in seeking God. Maybe you've been waiting for a miracle for a long time. Maybe you've been waiting for an encounter for God for a long time. Maybe you've been waiting for God to baptize you in his presence. Can I tell you, please continue praying. Continue seeking after his face. Keep waking up early in the morning. Change your routines. Change habits. Wake up and, and allow God to speak to you. Dive into his word more. And you will hear God speak to you in, in new ways. Be persistent with God. I've known friends that's taken them years to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they were persistent and persistent. And then in one moment, God changed everything and they received it. It's about persistence. It's about persistence. Number two, Pentecost is about participation. 
God wants us to participate in this act. This is an invitation to believers today. Uh, we believe as a church that there are three types of baptism. Uh, first type of baptism is when you enter into salvation, you are saved, and, and, and God washes you. He baptizes your heart. He cleanses you. The second type of baptism we believe in is water baptism, and that's an outward expression. The first one's an inward expression of, of, of this inside baptism, and the second one is water baptism where we physically dunk you in water, and you come up again and showing to the world that you've been baptized. That's something we practice here. But the third type of baptism, which is, a, which is a very important one, is that God invites us to is a spirit baptism. It goes beyond just the public, and it goes into a, a deeper connection with God's presence and his power, where we're submerged in his presence, not just letting him fill us, but him baptizing us, taking us even further than what we are. And he invites us to participate for the very first time here in this moment of history. The Bible describes to us in verse 5 that there were people from every nation at the time seeing them. See, they were filled with, in the upper room, and most people will stop the sermon right there. But, the, but it just gets better right after this. He, they go to the streets, and from the streets, they go out, and people begin to be confused and think these guys are drunk. Because they're speaking in other tongues, they're babbling in other languages, and they're wondering what's going on with these people. And people from every nation are listening. They're watching them. They see them. See, for the first time, God is not a, God, well, not, for the first time, people are seeing this outpour of the Holy Spirit. See, I believe that God is not a God of, of coincidence. That I believe that God has divine purposes in everything. And God makes things done in their time. See, right now, Jerusalem is this capital where people would come and, 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 and celebrate different festivals. And Jewish people from all over the nation and all other nations were coming to celebrate the Feast of Weeks, which is like a springtime festival where they would celebrate every year this, this feast of weeks and they would celebrate and this is the culmination of that and here as they're seeing this 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 producing of of weeks and and the new birth of new life which represents springtime these people are able to see the new birth the new life of the outpouring of the spirit God is bringing the nations together. He's bringing people together to see the infilling, the power. Can I tell you, our theology of, of Pentecost, it's a theology of participation because God is in the habit of bringing people together. He's in the habit of bringing and uniting all types of tribes and languages and races. And it's not about the color of their skin. It's not about where they come from. It's about who, who they are and what God is going to do in them because the Spirit knows no bounds and knows no limitations. The, the Spirit will fill whoever wants to participate today. And if you want to participate, it's not the status of where you're from or your income or your color. It's for you. And if you believe that, why don't you declare and say an amen right there in the comments and just say, thank you, Jesus. I receive your Spirit. I want to participate. Number three. Pentecost is about promise. It's a promise. Like I said, this wasn't a coincidence that has happened in this time. 
God was working and lining up things through history. And so Peter is this, is this, is, is, is he rises up. He is this disciple. He once was a fisherman. And we see the transformation of Peter kind of come full circle here in this moment. And Peter begins to preach and begins to declare. He begins to talk about the prophet Joel and refers to a Joel that, that, that prophesied a thousand years earlier about this is it. He said, this is the thing you've been waiting for. You see that thing that Joel talked about? This is the very thing. He says, this is the thing that, that, you, that you've been listening, you've been talking about. He told all his Jewish brothers, this is it. See where Joel said, on the last days I will pour out my spirit in all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men uh, will see vision. Your young men will see, well, your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see vision. He says, even on my servants, I, I will pour out my spirit. And this is, what, this is what, 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 what Peter is saying to the church. He's saying, it's a promise. Can I tell you, God has promised this for you. And if you invite God and his presence to come into your life, it is here for you. And he will, you will see it evident in your life life. Number four, Pentecost is about power. Pentecost is about power. Like we said right now, there's this transformation of Peter. He started out as a fisherman and his arc becomes full circle here because he went from a fisherman to become a disciple. Then he denied Jesus three times the day before he was crucified. And then after the resurrection, um, Peter even goes back to trying to be a fisherman once again. And then Jesus calls him out and he asks him, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? And he asked ask him that several times. And now Peter is, is in a different place right now. He's transformed because he has been filled with the Spirit. He's preaching with boldness. He's declaring what is happening right now because of the power of God that is in him. Because of the power of him, God takes the same parts. He takes the same Peter. He takes our same hands. He takes the same mouth, the same head. He takes everything about us. But when he fills us and he empowers us, see, he says, the Bible says, you will receive power. I want to receive the supernatural power of God. Where When I don't know what to say, God gives me the words to speak. And I believe that word is for us today. That powers for us today. From one chapter to the next, we see a, a dramatic change. There's a tenacity, a passion, a fervor in Peter's life. And he becomes the first pastor of this church. And he begins to rise up. And, he, and then immediately after this, he begins to heal people. He begins to pray over people. He begins to travel. He begins to uh, do mighty things. All because of the power of God that's in him. We're nothing without his power. Pentecost is what we need today. It's what the church is looking for. We need it today. We need something different. We need to experience this. And Pentecost goes beyond just a service. The, 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 the greatest mistake we could ever do is to confuse Pentecost with a style of worship or a service or just a, a, a classification of a type of church. No, 
Pentecost is about receiving his power and then taking that power to go because he says, you'll be my witnesses in all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's not power so that we can be hyped up and have a beautiful service because we can't do that right now here in this place, uh, here in my living room. No, no, it's that's not what Pentecost is. And, and don't be discouraged that you can't celebrate Pentecost Sunday at, at your home because in reality, yes, you can because the power of God is in you right now and the Holy Spirit transcends Facebook. He transcends YouTube. He transcends a building and he's right there with you right now and can baptize you even right now. We need Pentecost. As I look at everything that's happened this, this week in the news, as I look about what everything that's happened the past um, few months, even with coronavirus and and, and, and the tragedies that have happened of people have lo- lost their lives. When I think about um, everyone that, that has been a part of this, um, of, of, of everything that's happened, and I look at this week, as you know, um, this, this incident with George Lloyd, it's, it's, it's hurtful. It has hurt many of us. And, it, and, and we've seen it on the news. We've seen it in, um, on social media. We've watched it. Um, some of the people were even there in person at the protest. And it reminds me the fact that we just need Pentecost today. We need God's power today. And I think this is a timely message for this time. We need it right now. Last night I, I wrote some, some thoughts on Facebook and, and that, that really ties into this message. And I want to read it today to conclude. Um, I, I was watching this, and, and I'll read this here. It was on Pentecost Sunday that 120 people in an upper room were baptized with the Holy Spirit, initiating the first church that continues even to this day. However, it was on this day as the believers spoke in other tongues and hit the streets that early morning that they were mistaken for being drunk. Acts 2.5 tells us that there were those from every nation under heaven. It even goes on to list each country. The significance of the day of Pentecost is not only the outpouring of God's spirit, but for the first time in all of history, all the nations came together to witness it. There was unity in that moment as each heard their own languages being spoken. Pentecost brought the world together, literally. We need this again. After the events of this week and witnessing the protests, the riots, uh, the endless social media posts, it reminded me of another discriminated black man who lived here in Houston 100 years ago. Uh, Perhaps you've never heard of his name, um, but i like to show a picture of him. His name is William Seymour. However, in 1903, he arrived to Houston. He, he came to Houston and studied Bible school under a great man named Charles Parham. Yet due to segregation laws of the time, he was only allowed to study God's word outside in the hallway. He was not allowed to enter in or interact with students, and, and, and he, could, um, he couldn't study God's word. But he persevered out in the hallway listening and watching. That was, and ironically, in all this, the very same area where the protesters um, protested um, the, the last couple days, um, it's the very same place where Seymour studied. We're still fighting for this struggle even to this day. The struggle of discrimination. 
Yet, William Seymour persevered all opposition. And despite his own weaknesses, he was actually blind in one eye. He eventually left Houston, and he went to Los Angeles to start having services on Azusa Street. And on April 14th, 1906, the Azusa Street Revival began and lasted for three years. Now, what's important about this is that every Pentecostal movement that exists today can trace its roots to Azusa Street. Nearly 300 million people in the world today consider themselves Pentecostal, and I myself am one of them. And I'm proud to be that. I'm proud of the heritage that I have to be a Pentecostal. And one in four Christians is a Pentecostal believer. Out of all the Christians in the world, one in four Christians consider themselves Pentecostal. Now, why do I mention this? This movement's only been around for 100 years. Imagine that, one in four. But it was during this time of Azusa Street that, that racial tensions were at an all-time high, particularly between blacks and whites. Many of the churches during this time were segregated as well. One of the unique things about Azusa Street was its racial diversity. African Americans, Latinos, whites, and others prayed and sang together. And I have another picture there that shows a group of that diversity. It was creating a spiritual, uh, creating a dimension of spiritual unity and equality, almost unprecedented for the time. It allowed men, women, and children to celebrate their unity in Christ and participate as led by the Spirit. Indeed, so unusual was a mixture of blacks and whites that Frank Bartleman, a historian, enthusiastically exclaimed, the color line was washed away in the blood. The color line was washed away in the blood. He meant that in the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, the sin of racial prejudice had been removed by the cleansing of the blood of Jesus Christ. In Acts 2, the Spirit poured out on every nation. It was that moment that paved the way for all types of people to receive. In the early 20th century, it was the desire of Pentecost that helped shape the church we know today. It's the fastest growing movement in the world in the past hundred years to make one in four believers. There's something about Pentecost. In both cases, uh, in, in the first century and in the 20th century, neither was perfect, and both the church and the world still didn't have it all together. I'm not saying because of that moment, they're, they're, they eliminated all racism, but you saw something different in that season. Pentecost was the catalyst that fueled a hunger for God and unified people. It unified people on mission. It brought people together. What does this world need today? It needs Pentecost. It needs God's spirit to move in an unprecedented way. It needs it now. And I look at everything that's happening right now in the world today. And I look at all that's, that is happening from COVID-19 to discrimination and racism. I see people that are hurting. Pentecostal believers, um, there's about 300 million um, Pentecostal believers in the world. People that celebrate this day. Uh, there's about 700 denominations that consider themselves Pentecostal, and each of them is different, um, and, and, and every, God bless them all. Um, there's some different types of Pentecostals. But 
there's a few things that unify us in beliefs. And, and, and most people ascribe to four cardinal doctrines um, that consider some Pentecostal. One is salvation. Um, one is, is and, and my prayer for us is that, that people will become saved and people will accept Jesus. Well, not just accept Jesus, that we would all come together and repent for racism, for bigotry, for prejudice, for hate, for intolerance. Uh, second cardinal doctrine is we believe in this baptism of the Holy Spirit. What happened here in Acts 2, this, this evidence of speaking in tongues, these gifts of prophecy, because it doesn't stop with tongues. It, the Bible te- speaks about, in 1 Corinthians 12, about different spiritual gifts, prophecy, interpretation of tongues, healing, signs and wonders, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. Th- these are all uh, possible for us today. Number three, divine healing. Pentecostals, we, we ascribe we, to this, this belief that God can heal people. And he uses people like us, you and me, to heal people. And I pray as today that our, 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 uh, our, our people around the world, anyone listening to this, would be able to help minister to other people that need healing. Everyone needs healing today. There's people with COVID-19 that need healing. There's people who are sick who need healing. There's African-American people that need healing. There's law enforcement officers that need healing. There's small business owners that need healing. And we need Pentecost because he can provide healing for us. And then lastly, another core doctrine, number four, soon coming king. We believe in God coming back for his church. And Pentecostal believers, even in 1906 at the Zuzu Street Revival, started a week after the San Francisco earthquake that killed many people. It alerted them and woke them up to the reality that Jesus could come back at any given moment. I want to believe that every generation, every decade, we see signs that just wake us up once again that Jesus can come back at any moment. I think sometimes we forget about that. I think that's one of the things that, that sometimes we were taught at a young age, that Jesus could come back at any moment, and that we kind of forget about it, and we need things like this. And I'm not here to look and interpret every little sign and wonder and try to pick point parts of the Bible that I like to, to be able to point at that part of Scripture. I'm not here to do that today, but I'm saying that God is closer now than ever before. That's all I know. I don't know the time. I don't know the hour. Just like Jesus said it himself. I don't know the time. I don't know the hour. But I see the signs. I see what's happening. And I, this is what we believe in. And at, since God is coming back at any, any given moment, this is why the Pentecostal church also believes that we're missional. We believe in missions. We believe in preaching the gospel to every nation. That's why we're in more nations than ever before. I'm proud to be part of a denomination, Assemblies of God, where there's more Assemblies of God churches in the world than McDonald's. All around the world today, believers are celebrating this. It's been on mission for the last hundred and almost 20 years. And because of this, this fuel, this impetus, this momentum, this impulse, this fire of God that's in us it's what's allowed us to grow and continue growing i'm believing for missions movements all around the world for for nations to come to jesus even more so now than ever before and today i want to pray for you right there where you're at 
Because we need Pentecost. If you need healing, I want to pray for you. If you need Jesus, I want to pray for you. If you want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I want to pray for you. If any of those things you need right now, whether it's healing, baptism in the Spirit, or salvation, if you need that, why don't you just write it in the comments or send us a message. We'd love to pray for you today. We'll even have someone call you today if you send us your number. We love you. I want to pray that you... This church witnesses and experiences the spirit in ways like never before. This is not something that is that that is un, un, uh, unheard of in our church. I want this to be evident in our church. We need an infilling of God, his power now more than ever before. And as I witness everything that's happening in the world today, I see the need for more of God's presence. If I could just urge you to seek his presence today with your family, with your friends, right there in your living room, grab a hold of your children and hold on to them and speak over them the blessing of receiving the gift of God. If you want to receive the gift of God, the, the baptism, just raise your hands with me right there. I'm grateful that we don't need to be in church to receive the Spirit. I'm grateful today that the Spirit transcends the building. I'm grateful that I don't have to lay hands on you for you to receive the Spirit. I'm grateful that, that, that I don't have to be there with you and, and tell you to do anything in order for you to receive the Spirit. All you have to do is to submit to God. Open up your mouth and receive. Write in there in the comments, baptize me now, God. I want your presence. I want to pray for you right now. Father God, we come before you. Everyone here. I'm going to ask everyone that's listening right now just to stop what you're doing. Stop, put your phone aside. Text, stop, leave that text for later. This is a moment. A moment for the church. God, we want your presence now. We want your spirit now. I pray for everyone here that is listening. As you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to invite you to open up your mouth. You, you might not understand the words. The Bible says that the spirit is subject to the prophet. So he's not going to do something you don't allow him to do. The Bible says that he gave them words as, as the Spirit enabled them, but, but, but you have to open up your mouth as well and take a step of faith. It, it, it starts with tongues, but it doesn't stop there. It's more than that. The Bible says in James that the tongue is the, the hardest thing to control. And I believe the Spirit wants to start with your tongue or with your mouth because he's going to give you words to speak, syllables, and whatever comes out right there as you're watching. Whatever begins to come out, begin to share it. Begin to speak it. Begin to use it as your prayer language. If you have your children around you, begin to grab your children and, and put your hands on them and begin to pray in the spirit over them. Pray over your marriage. Grab a hold of your husband, your wife, and grab their hand and say, God, your spirit, let your spirit come, Lord. Let your spirit come today. Pour out your spirit right now. Open up your mouth right there where you're at. And let the word of God 
fill you. Let his spirit fill you and overflow in you. We love you. Lord, we thank you, God. We ask right now that you just fill us with more and more, God. Right where you're at. Make an altar right there in your home. Lord, we believe that our sons and our daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision. Your old men will see, dream dreams. Today, Holy Spirit, we exalt you. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.